Cargo Cult is a production of Radio Nemo West. Cargo Cult is all about the movies, books, music, and moments that help shape the lifestyle of not only the trucking industry, but also the American obsession with being on the move. What if something just like jumps out in front of you and you have to stop? Don't. What was that? A monster. Host Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn engage in a wild, free-form discussion with folks from both the transportation and entertainment worlds. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a show that's all about the journey. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got a call. And now your hosts, Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn. This is Gargle Cult, a conversation about... I can't do this voice anymore. You, tu- you, you, you turn it into... You were talking it, you would turn it into Ren and Stimpy. And then I thought I turned it into Merman from Masters of the Damn Universe. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is that voice, by the way, that Justin Wellborn was doing. Hey, Justin Wellborn. I'm Jimmy Mack, guys, by the way. Woo-hoo. I'm the host of Sirius XM 146's Road Dog Trucking Show, the Dave Nemo Show, and Dave Nemo Weekend, your Weekend 34. This is, in fact, Cargo Cult. And I'm the host of my own bedroom in life here in Los Angeles. That's all I had to add. That that was a huge credential right there, and I just needed to throw in that uh, with nothing else going on but hanging out in the Sirius Full XM disclaimer. studios. Full I disclaimer. Just- <laughs> My friend is also, Justin Wellborn, is also was on two seasons of Justified, uh, the full season of Godless, and has done numerous horror movies, including uh, way back when The Signal, uh, VHS Viral, correct? That is true, and Final Destination, the fourth installment of the uh amazingly and gory what culture and horror what um, culture horror actually phenomenal. has you on two top 10 lists for both your for your death and final destination most deserved death and most spectacular death you're in their top 10 list on what culture horror fantastic i love hearing that and you know when i did the role it was actually of the racist like i didn't even have a name for the six plus weeks that we were shooting that thing so people would actually walk up and you know, it's the PA and they're like, we're flying the racist to set. <laughs> and you're just like, oh boy, can we just call me by my name? I mean, you know who I am, Pam. You know who I am. This is a weird conversation we're going to have today. Uh, we're going to talk about Justin's career. No, it's a weird conversation <laughs> because we're going to talk about one of our favorite movies, uh, a movie that we make no apologies for <sighs> liking. This is a much better bum, movie bum. by the same bum, bum. group of people. Bum, bum. Okay, this is weird. It's the same group of people that made Halloween three season of The Witch. It's not the same filmmaker. Tommy Lee Wallace made Halloween three season of The Witch. The man himself, John Carpenter, gets behind the camera and makes one of our favorite movies, and a a movie that Justin actually saw in the most remarkable of circumstances. Tell us what the movie is, and then tell us where you saw it. Prince of Darkness, and I actually saw it um, here in Los Angeles uh, at the... at the Union Arts Center, which is in Little Tokyo. It was originally the Japanese Union Church in Little Tokyo and has changed over into a brilliant arts center that has a a host theater company. And in the movie, it's called St. Goddard's, you know, where the Brotherhood of Sleep has dwelled for many, many years. And and it really is right in, I mean, it's right across.
across from City Hall. So they were really filming in the heart of Los Angeles. But to see Prince of Darkness in the place where they actually filmed it, where John Carpenter shot the movie, the alleyway. I mean, they had pictures up of where they did things in the movie where Alice Cooper stabs a guy with a bicycle, which is probably not replicated in any other film that I can think of. And as I read, it's actually Alice Cooper's prop. He just decided that he would, hey, I I guess I got a bicycle I could impale somebody with. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I think John Garvin just jumped on that. And so to see it, and it was introduced by Dennis Dunn, who plays Walter, who is um, uh, a really interesting scientific character who tells really terrible, uh, somewhat sexist and or possibly racist jokes in this thing, which is interesting for, you know, Dennis to have to do. But he's he, he's great in the film and he introduced it. And this film was a year after Big Trouble in Little China. So we get Dennis Dunn in the movie, and we also get Victor Wong, uh, who plays Professor Barack in this, and he's basically the physics teacher that is espousing all the stuff that John Carpenter was reading about at the time. You know, atomic theory, particle theory. It's all, one of the all three of those, movies. Uh, tachyon it, transmissions. I can actually explain tachyon transmissions. I'm sure you can. As a matter of fact, I think you're doing it now. My pans are tingling. Yeah. <laughs> It's also part of a trilogy of <laughs> he movies. He let it drop, folks. It's one of those things, too, where I oh, actually, yes. I will tell you this. I think this is one of Carpenter's kind of uh, retconning his own work. It's an apocalypse trilogy. It starts with The Thing. I think so, too, because was, I never heard that stuff at the time. I the know. Thing, the Thing, Prince, Prince of, of Darkness, and, and They Live. No, in the in the mouth of madness. I thought it was there. No, live. in the mouth of madness is the well, third. That's because even, remember, it's a big, it's, it's a big uh, apocalypse cult. Trying to bring madness into oh, the okay. world. Oh, okay. This is yeah. my, this is my problem. Though. The first one's an alien. The second one is Satan, and/or the liquefied substance of Antichrist. And in the third one, it is pure madness. I would have less of I would have side. less of a problem if it was Sam Neill. If it was if it was they live, Prince of Darkness, and that'd be two alien species though. But wait, so, here's my, I, I get it though. Here, I love here's, they live. Here's 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 my problem in that the thing. Which we're at some point going to actually have a real conversation have to, about because one of our favorite films. The thing is such a superior movie, is such a superior movie to these. I mean, in regards to both the acting, the editing, uh, the post production, the pre production, the special effects, it is the the thing is great cinema. Sure, the thing actually and often shows up as like one of the top five movies that uh, horror movies that people will. Absolutely, everybody. That, can, that, that, that's the list. I mean, you know, that's every, everybody. You up, ask yeah. you ask any man or woman who is a horror aficionado of the last forty to fifty years, and, and things in the top ten at the very inevitably least. they spit yeah. the words "the thing" out, right? right, and, right. And, and and it's one of those films too. There are films that we've talked about that have nostalgia value. You go back and you revisit, and you go, "Oh, well, I don't know about this." <laughs> this ain't one of them. I kind of love it because it's bad. I mean, but yeah, this yeah, ain't yeah, one yeah. of the thing is so different. I mean, right down to, I mean, okay, really quick summation of the thing to kind of explain why Prince of Darkness is not in the same category, even though it's a one, a wonderful movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a special place in my heart. It's got a special heart. place in my yeah. heart, too. And there are parts of it that hold up and don't age at all. 
There are other parts of it where you're kind of like, oh yeah, but the like thing, Dennis Dunn's jokes. There is nothing <laughs> other than other than a other than a stop motion animation that comes at the end of the thing because they just simply couldn't figure out the problem and didn't have the technology. Then the thing is damn near perfect. The thing does an extraordinary job of dropping us in in the middle in res. The thing does a great job of laying out the geography of the camp that we know, just like in the Conjuring, right, the very claustrophobic, the, the chronotope you know, of the, that camp, the geography of Antarctica itself to the actual um, uh, station. Yeah, you know, the, it's the, just very confined. The you know? chronotope of outside that camp will kill you. Is, is spectacular. I mean, yeah, they really do a great job of distinguishing between inside and outside. They do a great job of distinguishing. And despite the fact that we don't have those typical tropes of repeating people's names three times and all of the kind of standard expositional nonsense, Bill Lancaster's son of Burt Lancaster's script in the thing is just knock your lights out terrific and more important than any of that it is cast impeccably and it is actors that while carpenter might be able to afford one or two of them in later movies he could never afford a cast like that ever again again. except for starman that was it he Mm. never gets another shot with this kind of budget and this kind of money this kind of opportunity comes his way and we can all thank et for its failure there's a real great case you can right, make right, that right. E.T. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. sank this movie. Yeah, yeah. And also... We like the friendly touch-me alien. Well, not they, necessarily the one that turns into your best friend and eats you. Car, I, I would I would argue that if they had released the thing in April or May or had released the thing in November or early uh, December, it would have probably done better. It is also one of the greatest failures of marketing and imagination ever kind of put up. The other film I was thinking of that you can make an exception for with Carpenter too, where he has the budget and the money to kind of do what he wants is Chris which is a damn good film too mm. but we're talking about prince of darkness here so prince of darkness you want to do the summation you sure got right. the film follows a, a group of quantum physics students and uh, some of their instructors in los angeles and, and they're asked to assist uh this catholic priest played by donald pleasant just chewing the scenery apart at every corner um uh, they're asked to investigate this ancient cylinder uh of, of strange spinning green gooish liquid uh that's been found in a monastery or the church of saint goddard's as it's called uh in the film um and it turns out as they begin to exist around this cylinder that, that time starts moving weird, the liquid starts doing things, they find out that the rust on it is like 7 million years old. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And of course, the sentient liquid turns out to be just gooified Satan or Satan's son. Um, and it really does say things like uh, it, it goes on with this. It's got a book that things have been erased and and rewritten over. It talks about essentially Christ being a uh, an alien that a human like species that has brought this down great race of yes and there was really some cosmic horror going on here in the fact that uh there are these evils from beyond the veil and some kind of good came into the universe and that the catholic church has made it all kind of an analogy oh it's the evil within us no actually it's something outside and we're trying to contain it and this group called the brotherhood of sleep ever since they've captured it, I suppose, uh, and, and sent Satan itself onto the other side of the the, the, the netherworld, the, the other side of the mirror, mirror, literally, in this movie. Um, you know, they, they've kept it a secret, the Brotherhood of Sleep. And Donald Pleasance finds out that this, this priest has died, and he, he takes it on, and he asks his friend, who's a quantum physicist, to, to come and take a look at this and, and figure out what's going on. And very Rockstar soon, physicist. they Rockstar start physicist, yeah. getting these 
dreams, dreams that are sent from the future, from the year 1999. That's how the soundtrack opens, by the way. If you get the soundtrack, uh, if you can listen to it on any kind of streaming platform, the opening song is not a song. It's if you're getting this message, this is not a dream. So good. This is not a dream. Yeah. This is not a dream. I remember it being, even when seeing it the first time as uh, a younger teenager, um, not only was it frightening to me, but it. It was complicated, you know, uh, in a way that it's talking about physics and then it's talking about aliens and, and, and these entities from another world. But then it's mixing in that this is also religion is somehow based on the fact that something has inhabited our world and we've got to contain it because if it gets out, it's going to take over. And these transmissions that are sent into people's dreams as they as they exist around the cylinder, uh, it, it's obviously <laughs> warning them. It's more. It's a signature. Not a the, dream. <laughs> Not a dream. And and when the physicists and all the people from the university show up, they're doing all these tests all over. And it's a great, huge cast of people like Jameson Parker, Lisa Blount, Victor Wong, as I said, is in it. Dennis Dunn and Yin, who plays the um, uh, theology major, she's the one that is translating the book. She's she's pretty great in the movie. And, and one of my very favorite people in this is Jesse Ferguson, who is just the strangest. So when, of course, the son of Satan or the liquid gets inside them, they kind of become mindless zombies, you know, serving pure the force, evil. pure evil. But Jesse Ferguson does some haunting, strange work. It's like part of it got in him, but his deep beliefs see the madness in it. And he he's laughing. He's singing Amazing Grace while dragging a chair, which I went up those stairs several times. Got pictures on those stairs of him just pulling the trying chair up, trying to kill himself. And then looking at himself in the mirror and... It's just unexpected. You can't tell whether he's looking at himself, what's beyond the mirror, what's what's in it. It's just terrific right, job. I'm gonna of stop stuff. you. I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop I, you. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm gonna stop you because. Thanks for listening to a preview of this episode of Cargo Cult. Like what you heard? Hear more from Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn exclusively on the SiriusXM app. Subscribe today at SiriusXM.com. <laughs> 